What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Ask Assist P podcast, right? So it's a companion show to the other side of the firewall, where we talk about the latest and grace of cybersecurity news, as well as we highlight those movers, shakers, and glass ceiling breakers, those people of color who made it to the other side of the proverbial firewall. And I am honored today. This has been 526 episodes in the making. So three and a half years before uh, we, we got uh, Jeff Lodick on the show. So quick introduction. So uh, Jeff is a multitude of things, right? Uh, so if I had to run down the list, I would say husband, father, mentor, retired veteran, uh, transition specialist, uh, like master of his craft when it comes to IT and cyber, all that good stuff, uh, public speaker, professional, author, writer, all the above. So I'm sure I forgot several of your titles, but uh, like, what is your current title uh, with uh, Red Sky? I am the director of customer solutions at Red Sky, but my favorite title was you said father. That's my favorite title. So all the other ones are, are temporary. <laughs> that to that father one is, is my permanent forever thing. So. There it is. So yes, uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Lodig is on the show. So if uh, you don't know, like if you're just tuning in, right? Because it has been over 500 episodes. So Jeff was the inspiration for the podcast. So I, I was in the, the middle of transitioning to Turkey. I uh, was trapped in my hotel room because it was COVID central and uh, I needed something to do. So I know Jeff was a podcaster at the time. I asked him some questions, like, how do I get this thing started? Because uh, I just need to talk to somebody. So that's why I got my, assembled my crew, right? Uh, and then, uh, like, through Jeff's mentorship, we started the podcast, and I haven't looked back since. It's been three and a half years. So he was still part of the title of his podcast <laughs> to start my own, not intentionally. <laughs> it's, it's all right with me, man. I mean, I'm just thankful you started. I, I probably wanted you to start about three years earlier, but I knew timing is, timing is everything. You started when you were supposed to start, but I'll tell you, you're killing it, man. I, I absolutely love listening to you. I greatly appreciate that. But yeah, so uh, also fellow Buffalonian, right? Friend, uh, all that good stuff. So yeah, you see the Bills in the background, AFC East champions right now, about to take the Super Bowl. It's going to happen uh, in my lifetime. Hopefully it's the season. <laughs> It'd be good. I'm getting old, man. <laughs> right. I remember being eight years old, crying, wide right. <laughs> I'm with you, man. As I look, I've, I've cried at two sporting events. That's one. The second was one when Tyson got knocked out by Buster Douglas. I was a kid oh, for both. Man. But don't don't get me wrong. I've been angry as as, as all can get out at, at, with, <laughs> with a couple other ones. Right, right. But yeah, so I just want to uh, dig into a little bit of your, your background, right? And then we'll go into um, your cybersecurity origin story and then what you, uh, you currently do, right? Which, uh, again, is a lot. So off camera, I was like, this is going to be... It's going to be a lot. A lot of information is going to be be shared here. But yeah, if you can just go over your background. Yeah, real quick. I, I was born in Buffalo, New York. I, I joined the military when I was 18 years old after graduating high school. I didn't have much of a, a, um, a goal-oriented life at that time. I just needed to get out, right? So I joined the military and I had no passion for serving my country. I had no real guidance or goals set. I just wanted to learn something because I didn't want to go to college. So Neither here nor there, joined the army as a radio guy so I could jump out of planes and it was fun, right? So joined, I was with the, in the army for 20 years. Man, I, I tell you, a lot of folks say the army owes you this and the army owes you that, man. The army doesn't owe me every, anything. I think at about year 14, which took, I was a late bloomer when it came to actually driving and, and getting that passion for service, right? Uh, about year 14. And from that point, I would not look behind me. Right? I'm just looking forward to what can I do? How can I do? How can I help? Where can I fit in? How can I make things move forward, right? And I, I learned that because not just great leaders that I had around, not just great peers that I became friends with, but majority of the people that 
I, I don't like to say that worked for me. I, I worked for them, right? That when I was a senior guy with junior folks, my job was to work for them and learning them and understanding them um, really paved the way for me to be who I am because understanding we all come from different walks of life. Uh, I, I, I got this, this passion for personalities, for leadership, to understand how to make everybody move. People talk about leadership as a definition. It's inspiration, right? And I get, and leadership doesn't just come from in front. I just, I mean, the junior guys lead to in their ways. And I'll tell you, I learned a lot that way. So did 20 years. I was going to, I would have did 30. My body broke and I, I saw the writing on the wall. I mean, bottom line is I, I jumped out of planes. I had a hundred, uh, I was a hundred jumps, right? Master rated jump master. And I loved doing that stuff. Uh, I got my knee replaced in 2014 and the army started shifting gears towards a physic, more physically able body. And, and the more senior you were with broken body, you had to, you kind of had to move on. And I saw that and I wanted to take the opportunity at year 20, uh, before going to the Sergeant's major Academy, that if I chose to get out now, I could make my choices for me. If the army med boarded me or, or put me out, I'd have to make decisions kind of on the women. I didn't want to do that. So I took the way I got out at 20. I uh, jumped into car sales at first because I didn't want to work for any contracting companies, no DOD stuff. I really didn't want to have a real job. I wanted to take my my business and move forward with learn uh, doing life and leadership lessons, using organized sports as a foundation. Um, but then that doesn't bring in money right away. So I had to kind of make up some things. So I got a job selling trucks. Brandon Ford, number one F-150 dealer in the world. I love that. And it's still a great place to be. Got met a lot of folks in that in that world because I wanted to learn how to sell. I thought that's why my business wasn't doing things. And I learned some things along the way that that wasn't the case. But while selling a truck, you know, 82 hours a week. I mean, it wasn't every two weeks. It's 82 hours. I mean, it's a you're slammed for for the entire week. It's really tough to be retired, enjoy your family, um, and and still have a life where I have a business idea I wanted to go with. So anyway. Got a, I sold a truck to a friend of mine from our organization, uh, and he, uh, he made mention of an opportunity for a government contract job that I only had to work 40 hours a week and get paid a, a consistent amount of money, right? And, and right. the dollar amount wasn't nearly as relevant as the 40 hours a week. So I jumped into that. Um, a couple months later, that contract kind of ended, but I got picked up by the business I work for now. I got picked up by Carol and uh, back in early 2018. So now I've been with them for about five years. I mean, excuse me, I said 18, it's yeah, about six years. Um, okay. And, you know, I've been through through the little ring of, of different positions within the company. I sat in a SOCOM headquarters for a while and I, I love that job. Uh, now I'm out doing business development type stuff. So I'm, I'm moving around into, uh, you know, just building relationships is what I like to do. You know that I'm, I'm a talker, but more importantly, I really genuinely care about what you want to talk about. I want to know about you. I want to be able to... And, insert myself in a position to assist. That's just the way I am. I mean, that's how I, I was developed. Right? Um, my, my journey into cybersecurity, you know, you talk, I came in as a radio operator um, and through my military career, you know, depending on what it is, the army's a little different than the air force. You guys stay and you, if you're a radio operator all the way to the day you get out of the military, no matter what your rank is, you're skilled on that side. We kind of, you can stay skilled. I didn't, you could stay skilled and, and can keep doing those things. I moved into, I went to be a drill sergeant. Then I was a director of, of tactical, uh, um, tactical training. And I, I did a lot of things that were away from the radio business, but still communicators were in my, in my, uh, in, in my place, right. I went JCSC and, and the one twelfth and those organizations. So I always had the 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 knowledge of radios, networks. And then as radios, I don't want to say they became obsolete. They're never obsolete, but we did start working towards networks, cloud stuff. All those things started to come along to the people in which were working with me 
uh, and I had to know a little bit about it, right? So I, I sat in the meetings and listened and gained some knowledge and, and all that good stuff. And now here I am. And what we do for uh, Red Sky, which is the company I work for, is, is we're a cyber strategy um, and operations company. We are, we're a small woman-owned 8A organization. We, we do AVVTC solutions, IT support services, uh, governance, uh, training, IT training and certification, program and project management. So that's kind of the realm in which we're, we're at, right? So I just stay in tune. I read stuff every day to get smart. So when I do have a conversation with the CISSP guy, I can be like, hey, I, I kind of know what you're saying here. But yeah, so that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I mean, there's a lot more to um, the, the backstory and the current story. And oh, by the way, I'm not done with the story. There's a lot more to, to come, right? So, but that's in a nutshell, that's my, my basic background. Got you. No, that's that's awesome. That's a really good recap. So for anybody who is listening, uh, like Jeff's story, is, it's, it, he could expound on it. Uh, he's being very humble right now. Um, but uh, I, I met Jeff probably 2015, I want to say. So 2015, uh, funny story, he kind of stole me. I, would, I don't know where I was headed <laughs> in in the joint communication support element. But he found out I was from Buffalo. And then he was like, here, you're coming with me. <laughs> and because and because of Jeff, like not only was it his mentorship and his leadership was, was awesome, but also I got I got to see uh the world finally, right? I joined the Air Force to see the world, they sent me to Iraq, that was it. I saw Idaho, Alaska was cool, but uh because I joined Jeff's organization, uh, uh Europe and Africa. So I got to actually get out there and see the world. So it was like all my cool stories come from JCSE. <laughs> of course, of course. And you know, I, I gotta tell you, it is it is a funny story. I, I I think the great thing about JCSC and, and just being a senior leader in, in an in a area where you can control talent management, right? I mean, the good thing is, is I, I, you know, you get to view someone, we didn't know each other very well. I mean, you were from Buffalo, but I, I saw a lot of qualities in you that, you know, I was hopeful, hoping I was right. It was a very short period of time. I watched you. I looked at some of the things you were doing and I, I, I watched you interact with people. You're intelligent, you're skilled, you're, you're, you're humble, but you're ambitious and you drive is, is probably like, not comparable to most you, you, you are that guy. So for me, and I, and I saw that like right away, right. I could see Appreciate that in the things you did. So, but of course I'm going to steal you. And, and of yes. course, you know, I, I think, I think I took you and I had a trade to like, I had to give two up to get you. Cause you were supposed to go to, I think first, if I'm not mistaken, but nonetheless, I, I didn't mind the sacrifice because at the end of the day, we received a, an amazing leader a very, a very intelligent technician, someone who knew what they were doing and someone that you could, it's a fire and forget. I can say, Hey, this is what we need to do. And I don't have to look back to see if it's done, it's done. And then probably way better than I could have ever done it. So it's like, a, you know, I have a vision of a picture and you, and you paint it like Picasso, but then make it even better than Picasso. So it was, it was a win for me. You made I, me look great. <laughs> greatly, greatly appreciate that. Yeah. Like, so I, I, again, I can't talk enough about what JC said did for me. Uh, especially when it came to training, right? So like uh, I came in a network guy and I learned radios, SATCOM. Uh, I, I, again, le leadership and mentorship. Like I thought I was, was uh, you know, fairly decent at it, but working with the sister services, you learn a lot, <laughs> especially how to motivate people, right? So you you get a lot of that, that, that those tools necessary to, uh, to, to not only manage people, but then to, to lead them and, and make them do the things they don't necessarily want to do, but need to be done. Uh, and then feel good about it, right? Like I, you know, we did that together. So again, amazing organization. Can't can't say enough about it. Uh, and then if it wasn't for that, there probably would be no no podcast, right? Uh, and then uh, all the certifications and all the other stuff probably out the window as well. And then uh, maybe Iraq would have been my only passport <laughs> stamp. What, so, what a wonderful again, place to visit. 
great, great organization. <laughs> so cannot speak enough about it. But uh, your organization, so the, the team that you currently work with, uh, also awesome. I've had just on the show. Uh, I want to say probably in the 200s or 300s of season two. So he was, he was on uh, earlier in 2023, probably have him back on the show again, like uh, amazing. Uh, so you have a lot of really great talent over there. So uh, definitely want to get more people on the show, talk about your, your organization and then uh, the, you know, the initiatives that you guys have going on. So uh, feel free, like at any point you want to plug something, you go ahead and plug that as well. Yeah. I mean, I I'll tell you something, it's, it's really an interesting thing. Um, and, you know, I think we'll we'll discuss transition and opportunities and employment and all that stuff for people that are currently in the military, or even that got out. Um, I think one of the wonderful things about our organization is that, you know, I, it's a small business. Um, I know a lot of folks when they're transitioning, they're looking at these shiny objects. And when I say shiny objects, big name companies, uh, because they've heard of them and because they just, there's, there's some... I don't know the word, but it's a lure, right? To, to that big company. And, and I don't have a problem with anybody doing that. Go, go with it where you want to go, but don't sleep on the small companies, right? So I, I'm my direct, I'm directly reporting to the owner of my company, right? The reality is, is that we can inf influence and impact some of the things that are in our organization. I worked for a big company and didn't even know my supervisor. So it, when I got there, I was there for a few months, but didn't know my supervisor. I could not, I didn't know the CEO. I didn't know the director of, I couldn't make changes. And when I came, I, I made very minimal waves. And when they left, they, I, I was an irrelevant loss. Right. I mean, and that's what it is. I think where you get into the small company you and we're trying and you're trying to grow, it's, it's a real fun time. And I think for me, my joy is you make mention of the people. We have the opportunity to hire the people that fit the, not just the, not just the company, not are just skilled. They're skilled. They fit the company culturally based on the owner of our company and what she's looking for, the vision of that. And I'll tell you, it's really interesting how we all just get along wonderfully. We, excuse me, we built a strong team foundationally, intelligently, and and man, you are right. We have some we have some um, all stars when it comes to the cybersecurity world, the the operations world, you know, project and program management world. So. Yeah, we're we're really looking forward to the, this upcoming year. We you know we came into the we ended twenty twenty three with some momentum. Uh, we're picking it right back up, and it's it's uh, really exciting. No, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see what what this upcoming year looks like. So, uh, like during my transition, like I I, I uh, obviously uh, went through skill grids. So I I, I worked with you uh, as as the instructor for four block, and then uh, your CEO. Uh, actually did come uh, and was on a panel so got to speak with her and uh, definitely learn uh, more about the uh, the space and just like you uh, on my transition I did, was not looking at uh, federal contract at all I was I want to get far away from DOD as possible uh, you know I've, I've been working for it for over half my life uh, however it's different on this side right like it wasn't me going back and putting on the uniform or whatever uh, I, I started out uh, more uh, the private sector and now I've transitioned into the the federal contracting space, right? So a little bit different than DOD. But uh, for anybody out there who is like like me, being uh, stubborn or bullheaded, like just keep your options open, right? You just don't know what opportunities may be uh, available to you, um, especially if you are transitioned from the military. Um, you have a lot of the skills they're looking for right off the bat, right? Like you already have a leg up on, on a lot of people. Whereas when I was out there and more corporate sector, you kind of have to prove yourself a little bit more, which is fine. And nothing, I have nothing against that, but um, you know, sometimes uh, it's, it's cool not to swim upstream. <laughs> There's some comfortability in it, right? I mean, right. I think, I think the interesting thing, and he made a great point. 
because you are like me, we're in the same boat. I was in the DOD for 20 years. I loved it while I was in, and now I want to go do something different, right? I think what's interesting is that throughout, even before I transitioned, um, and even now, depending on what source you're looking at or reading or listening to, there's a negative connotation about giving, getting out of the military and getting in a DOD, um, whether it's government job or contracting job. It's almost as if the there's words out there that, well, you couldn't hack it and you couldn't make it in that space. So you had to come back to this space because it's a safety net. And I got to tell you, I mean, I, I I bought into that that idea prior to transitioning. Once I transitioned, it wasn't, I just didn't, I mean, like you, I was just, man, I'm tired. I want to go do something else. I want to experience life, right? But there is comfortability there. You know the mission. You were the people. You're supporting the very people you were. And I remember wholeheartedly that even even when I was in the uniform, I wanted these contractors to do this or this government folk, I wanted them to be able to do this. And I, and I wanted to be able to influence that stuff. And I get frustrated if we couldn't, right? I didn't understand that there was a contract. I didn't understand that there was things that were written into this contract that this person could or could not do. And this side of it, I, I can, I can change the word and the verbiage. I can, I can be more impactful to the guy and the gal that's down on the other side of that. That's, that was me once. Right. So there's just some goodness in it. I mean, I, at this point in my life, Ryan, I got to tell you, if someone said that I, I copped out or I sold out and went back, okay, uh, my family is extremely happy. I'm extremely happy. Um, yeah. Uh, so everything else is irrelevant, right? So I mean, the opinions can can all exist, but the reality is, is there's there's some goodness in it, and and I get to influence and impact change and make things good and and be still for the warfighter or whatever that customer may be, right? Right. Right. No, exactly. So again, like it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with either or I just, uh, again, I was being very uh, one, one minded about it, but you know, and in the future, maybe I pivot back to the the corporate sector again, uh, and what have you, but I just want to kind of, like you said, get rid of that, that stigma uh, about returning. Because um, it's, again, you're in a different capacity, like no one's asking me to deploy anywhere. Nobody's asking me to, um, you know, uh, work, like I can't, can't even fathom like <laughs> as hard as I did in the military, right? Like that that is that is gone. Now it's more of skill, technical capability, management, leadership. No additional duties, right? Like all the the red tape is gone now, so so to speak. There's still some of it, but man, Ryan, as a contractor, I gotta tell you, man, I remember the day that it happened. The first day it happened, then it happened a lot of times after. But it was three o'clock, and I had been there like all day, so I hit my my time right at three o'clock, and there was stuff going on. And in my mind, I was like, I got to stay until this is done. And the guy I worked for, he was a 06 colonel. And the guy I worked for said, hey, you got to go. And I'm like, sir? He's like, hey, you're not authorized overtime. And if I have you here, it's going to look like I'm favoring. You got to go. So at that, when he said it that way, I said, okay. So every day at three o'clock or whatever time I was, whatever time equaled my time, I didn't care what was going on. It was going to be there tomorrow. And, and to me, it was just such a huge change because I mean, and you know, this just from be, working with me is I'd be there. Like, I mean, people right. would be mad because I'm keeping them at the office, talking to them. I know their families are at home wanting to get home and I'm still at the office. Everybody leaves. I'm still there. So seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, I'm still working, but I did it then. I, I, I well, now, now in this role, I, I do a little different, right. But that's the schedule, which I create. So nonetheless, but in, as a contracting role, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful feeling to say, Deuces, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, 
to kind of pivot back into all of the other things you do, right? So like I mentioned the other titles when it came to uh, transition specialists and author and things of that nature. So um, how do you, first off, what, what are those things look like today, right? Like what are you, where are you currently at in those, those, uh, those efforts? And for someone who is thinking about um, potentially pivoting to one of those things, right? Like everybody can't do everything that you do, right, Jeff? Like you're doing like 20 things at one time, several irons in the fire, but if they wanted to pick a thing, <laughs> well, well, here's the, I can't do everything I do. I, I mean, sometimes I'm thinking to myself, man, like I feel as though I got 40 balls in the air and, and, and at some point they're all going to fall. So, you know, throughout my retirement, since I retired, I've had to set them down, reset and move forward and then do it again. Right. Because it's not about, to me, it's just fulfilling myself. What, what is it that I, I mean, I want to say yes to everything. I want to help as many people as I can. So where I'm doing the things that I want, I'll put those on the back burner. If someone says, Hey, can you help me with a podcast? Yes, I'll start it. Let's go. It's not that hard. We can sit down. We'll talk for two hours and I, it does not bother me none. Right. But I will say this, man. So when I was going out of the military, I sat in the taps class. Everybody goes to the transition class. And I sat there. I went to two. I went to the senior level one with the 06s and E9s. And I went to the one with that was just with everybody. And I was sitting next to an 06 in that class. And there were E4s with their spouses, E5s with themselves. But we were all there for different reasons. Transitioning because we're retiring. Transitioning because we're just separating. Transitioning because you're a discipline problem. Whatever the case would be. All the information that's up there was just flowing, flowing, flowing. And as I'm listening to them talk, I'm watching the, the spouse of the E4 just lost. And the E4 doesn't even know. It's just to check the block. And he had to bring her with him because she made him. I know. I mean, we had a conversation. So I instantly said, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start a podcast that answers the transition question. I mean, that's one of, at that time, it was one of one. There wasn't any transition podcast out there. So it was cool. I'm like the OG. Not really, but there, there was none in which that were, that were known, right? So anywho, I started that podcast, started interviewing my friends because I've been talking to folks, but I knew I, I knew what I was going to do, but I'm talking to folks about their transition. So I just brought on people that were my friends that transitioned, give me your experiences. Well, that led to me going on a trip and I went out to San Antonio. I went out to the, uh, the, uh, San Diego. I went up to Washington State, Washington, D.C., New York. I went to Atlanta. And I, and I looked at all these different organizations that were out there supporting the military transition in folks. And there's a bunch you wouldn't even know about. It. There's just so many. But it was like, wow. And I met a guy named Roger Rowley, retired Sergeant Major in the Army. And he was the Southeast Director of Four Block. And when he we had an introduction, I talked to Pete Bloom, who Roger had been talking to. Well, Pete and I decided that let's go in, bring Four Block to Tampa. So we did, and we brought that here in 18. I've been a career readiness instructor with Four Blocks since then, and, and we do two classes a, a year, two cohorts, and it's an amazing organization. And, and I'm able to give back to the veteran community. I'm able to talk to folks about opportunities that exist. Um, and, I, and I, you know, LinkedIn is one of my favorite things, uh, right? And you, but you know this. And through that, I've connected with several folks that do transition. I mean, you, you can't go on to LinkedIn and not find a transition specialist in some manner, right? And I'm okay with all of them. I have, I mean, I might have a difference of opinion with some of them, but here's the deal. If, if, if 20,000 people listen to each episode of my podcast, there's 200,000 transition service members a year. So I'm not hitting all of them. They, there, there needs to be more. So I help those things. Right. I help grow, but you got people like, I mean, man, I don't, I can't even list them all because they're just so good, but there's just a lot of folks doing that stuff. So I started doing transitioning stuff. Then I started doing uh, life and leadership lessons, right? So I use organized sports. I'm a baseball fanatic. I'm a football fanatic. And I knew 
that I could take the game itself and, and do what happens on the practice field or in the game time and equate that to life and leadership lessons. So I have, that's what I've been doing for, for a few years now, seven of them to be exact. And, and I use personality assessments with that. And I talk to student athletes, you know, again, you talk about pivoting too. I initially started with this idea with going to professional teams and I had meetings with some good, you know, being in Tampa, Florida, we have a lot of, uh, professional ball teams that are down here in the spring. And I got to talk to about six of them uh, and try to sell them my product. I realized they weren't my target market. Not at first, I was a little butthurt at first because I was like, why don't you want me to teach y'all and pay me money, right? Give me cash, y'all have a lot of it, you know? But the reality is, is those, those, aren't, those aren't the folks that need what I'm, what I'm offering. And then I started looking at student athletes, whether it be high school or college, right? I don't wanna go so low, but I wanna stay at some folks because personalities kind of have a, a specific thing. And if you try to do it, I mean, there, there's tests for younger folks, but I like to stay at the, you know, teenage level, senior in high school, junior in high school, and then the college athletes, but working with them. And, and man, I've just been really blessed to have some really good, um, some good outcomes with that good relationships. Built. And then out of all, I mean, and I can go into a couple of different other things that I do. Um, but the most important thing that I've done since the day that I got out, it was, I, I, I learned how to network. I always networked in the military in some way. It wasn't a specific, um, you didn't say I'm going networking now. You know, you just say, I'm going to go talk to the guys over at this unit or I'm going to first JCS or I'm going to uh, CENTCOM or SOCOM. And that's what you're doing, but you're building a relationship. When I got out of here, when I got out of the military, I started going to all these different networking events, um, getting like 4.6 million business cards. I have no idea what I'm doing. All. <laughs> I just got all these cards. I mean, I still got a bag. I mean, I, there's probably about 2000 cards. I kid you not at a minimum. Um, and then I started being a little bit more intentional with it and, and finding why am I going to this event? What is the target? Who am I going to see? What do I want to gain from this? What do I want to give from this? I mean, both of these things, I'm not just going to go. Uh, if it doesn't fit with what I'm with, with what I'm aligned with, then I'm just not going to go with it before I went to everything. Right. So I could go into a couple other things in which I do, because I'm a member of Toastmasters and I, I love Toastmasters for, I mean, it's, it's going to help you kind of gain some speaking ability, right? I'm a member of the National Speakers Association. It helps you uh, along with the business of speaking, right? Because there's, it's a business associated with it. So that network is great. And I like, I like being around those organizations, man. I mean, they're just really good. Uh, a lot of work, a lot of work with a different, a bunch of different nonprofit organizations, but uh, mostly it's the four blocks. It's the transitioning of organizations in which I help. Um, but man, it, yeah, man, that's, I mean, in a nutshell. Oh, by the way, then I have my family. I got four kids, a wife, mother, mother-in-law, all that live in my house. And it's like, uh, let's, let's get to, because I mean, we, we just, man, we drove from Tampa to Montreal and back. I mean, yeah. So I, saw, I saw the, yeah, the, the pictures. I was like that. I didn't, I didn't know you drove though. <laughs> yeah, man. It was, it was the Griswold family trucks there. I drove the entire oh, wow. time, but man, it was so wonderful. I mean, I, the kids were great. We had a great time. And, and you know, I gotta be honest, man, that's the first real vacation uh, that I've taken with my whole family uh, in quite some time. So it was nice. It was enjoyable. We had a great time, got to unwind a little bit and get prepared for the, you know, the ramp up for the new year. You know, work is work. I love doing it. I'm actually very satisfied with my job, the company I work for. It's just, it lines everything up, right? And you have to be very thoughtful. And I, I just wanted to make this one last point because it's very integral to where I'm at today. Uh, back in, I had some health issues earlier in the year, 2023. I had mul uh, multiple surgeries that I had to do to take care of some things. That, for my own stupidity, right? That I that I kind of let linger. 
But in August, I decided, you know, kind of out of the blue after doing some research that I was going to do this program called 75 Hard. I'm sure people have heard of it. Oh, if they right. haven't, it's, it's pretty cool, right? But at the end of the day, I didn't do that to lose weight or gain weight. I didn't do that to build muscle or lose muscle. I was trying to understand how to structure my life. I mean, I hadn't structured my life since I left the military. When I was in the military, there was a structure. Now I got out, I'm selling cars, I'm getting out, I'm, I'm, I'm being a government contractor, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing all these things. But I, I did this program to, um, to really focus back on some level of structure. So I did it. And I, I completed the whole thing. It was great. And from there, it, in the books I read, you know, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Atomic Habits, these are books I read. And it just put my, my mindset in a different perspective, especially being more intentional with everything. So since then, I finished in November uh, before Thanksgiving because I wanted to eat right because you know I'm a big eater and Thanksgiving right. is my favorite holiday. But man, I'll tell you, it's just changed a lot of my perspective of what, what's important to me. I've identified it because then I can say no to the things that aren't so important, right? But things that are important to me, I can always agree. With. But so that's a nutshell, man, role of what I'm doing. I mean, I'm still writing. I write uh, not as often as I should. Um, I enjoy it. Uh, my, all my books, I mean, I, I'll make an announcement later on this year. Uh, but I'm going to do something pretty big. So it'll be good. It'll be multiple. It'll, it'll be, it'll be big, but my, I'll have a series, if you will, of books. I won't be the only author in that series, but it'll be, uh, it'll be really interesting. And I'm hoping that it'll get into a lot of bookstores and a lot of high schools across the country and colleges across the country. And, and, and that's where I'm looking to go. So we'll see uh, okay. if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it's a hobby anyway. So <laughs> Right. No, no, absolutely. So it, you brought up two, two things I want to, I want to touch on. So the, the 75 and, and hard. So I, it's on my radar, but not committed yet. But when it comes to the, the transition, right. And uh, I didn't know we we're going to focus so much on the transition, but th this is a really good conversation. I don't think I've had this uh, to this level uh, in a while. I think I, I may have talked about it. There was a, a, a gentleman named Johnny Jones, Jr. Uh, uh, I'll never forget his name because it's a very, this alliteration, right? Um, but he was a, a Marine uh, who now works for Microsoft. We kind of talked a little bit about the transition and what have you. But I don't think what I've really talked about is how structureless it can be unless you put in, like you said, intention. So like my, uh, in my own personal transition, I was so focused on getting a job that uh, fitness went out the window. So still not in terrible shape, but you do learn very quickly when you're 40 that you can't just go like, you know what? I haven't ran in a while. I'm going to do a 5K. And then you break yourself <laughs> for months. I just now recovered from it because I just woke up and I was just like, yeah, I can still do this. And I did it. And then when I was done with it, like an hour later, I was like, that's why you don't do that. Because <laughs> you need to be intentional and you need to, uh, you know, crawl, walk, run just because you were able to do something when you're in the military, just out of the blue, right? You could be like, like not to say it's ever happened, but you could be hung over, wake up, run a 5K, like it's nothing. <laughs> we're the most unhealthy, healthy people on the planet. But you can't do that when you get out. <laughs> no, I, I can't drink. Like if I drink on a Friday, I might have to call off on Monday. I can't, I can't do what I used to do. And you, you know, it's funny because there's comedians that say this stuff, but it's, it's like completely true. And I, I find it to be amusing, but so, so factual is you talk about going to run a 5k and coming back an hour later and being like, ah, listen, I'll go to bed healthy. I wake up injured. Like I don't wake up sore. I wake up like, I think I need to go to the hospital. Cause I think I broke my ankle and I'm wondering what my wife's doing while I'm sleeping. Cause I, I just went to bed and I was right. fine. Right. And that's how my body works. So no, you're, you're, you're spot on. Spot on. Yeah, so you definitely have to like. So now I'm trying like my 2024 goal. I don't really do resolutions, but my my goal 
is to stay in shape, not to fall back out of shape. That's my my goal, right? Like not to be like I was 20 or anything like that, but to ramp back up to being healthy, you know, at whatever I like my body can handle and then maintaining it as opposed to like, yeah, the transition, I would just stop working out for a quarter of the year, you know, six months later, I'm like, oh, you know, I should probably run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. So during the 75 heart, I lost 30 pounds unintentionally, but I guess if you're eating and working out, like I was eating a very, like I cut out sugar and caffeine. Like I, I went above and beyond, like you pick a diet. It doesn't matter. You could pick hoes if you want to, that doesn't really make sense, but you can, it's right. to you. you just got to stick with it for 75 days. But I picked a diet that removed caffeine and sugar specifically from my diet because I have problem with caffeine and sugar. And, it, and it's kind of what messed up my body to begin with for many, many years of drinking energy drinks repeatedly, you know, for years, like eight a day and stuff. Anyway, but I lost 30 pounds. I mean, I ate, I ate sugars, but only out of fresh fruits and things of that nature. But by doing all that, it was fun. It was good as exciting, but I lost 30 pounds, went down to 9% body fat. I felt good. I walked, I can't run because I have a, I have a replaced knee, but I was walking five miles. As a matter of fact, I walked so much during that time, Ryan, I actually committed to running next year, November, the JFK 50 miler. I'm walking that. So I got 13 hours. So, you know, it's funny because I would walk 45 minutes to an hour, which equated to like four, four point something miles or whatever the case would be. I got to do 50 of them. I don't, I got to, I got to start training for that. Cause it's, it's not too early, right? It's a long walk. <laughs> it's a long walk and you can't wear headsets. Walk. So I can't listen to the music. I, I got to hope that someone's going to walk and talk with me because I'll be bored for 13 hours. Right, right. No, that's a that's a great goal. Like, man, you're you're killing it. Like, definitely someone to, to continue to look at. like because there's a lot of people who get out and they just stop. Which I mean, I, I get it. Right, you've you've had a, a over half your life potentially of being regimented and doing these things, uh, but it it's it's something about uh, trying to have some kind of balance. Right, like just just stopping. I don't think it's it's healthy for anybody, um, regardless of what it is. But especially fitness. Like, we we're uh, trained a certain way. Like I even felt like when I would wake up, I, I would be more anxious because I just, I'd have to burn. I'd, like, I'm just so used to waking up at like five o'clock in the morning <laughs> and doing something physical. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. And it, and it is interesting from a structured perspective. And I mean, that's part of your structure to that time, but it's, it's, it's interesting because you're not, you're probably one of all, right. That the concern for the most part, right? And I mean, if you got somebody that just been really good with money and they just never have to work again, they're fully retired. That's great. I mean, there's, there's, there's some, but the other ones are, are concerned about where's the next paycheck coming from, because there's a significant loss in money. There's, you don't want to change your lifestyle. You don't want to, because when you're in the military, you get a wife and ch children and you start growing from an E1 to E5 to E7, 01 to 04 to 09, whatever the case may be you start to develop a, a pattern or a lifestyle that you've created for your family. So you want to maintain that in some way. So of course the concern is, well, where's that money? How's it going to equal out? How am I going to do this? And there's all those questions. And then they, they're all valuable questions. They all should be concerned. I tell people all the time, look at me. I mean, I don't, there's statistics that, that prove these things. So I don't want to tell you that you're not going to be successful. I, I believe you're going to be successful, but I don't think you're going to be successful by flipping a coin and hoping, right? I think that there are things to do to prepare for it. And you, you put yourself in a better, I'm like, I will tell you that I, I, I repost this is where I get mad. If you do one, two, three, and four and five, you're going to have a job. I don't agree with that. I mean, that that's a nice, that's a nice thing, but it's not guaranteed. Bottom line is it could be best practices. So don't get your mind wrapped on. If I do one, two, three, four, and five, I'm gonna get this job. No, start working towards the job, meet the people you got to meet. But I mean, it's, that's, that's part of the thing though, is how do I stay in shape? How do I 
spend time with my family? How do I do all those things that I want to do in retirement when in reality, where am I going to secure my bag? Where am I going to secure employment? That becomes the focus of everything. And, and then once you get it, do you go back to actually readdressing your family? Do you address yourself? I mean, we typically think of other folks before we think of ourselves and physically, mentally stuff wears on you, man. So you gotta, you gotta, gotta get to yourself. Self-care right. will take care of your family. Right. Exactly. And that, that brings the second part that I, I think that you brought up as so important is the network. So people always ask like, you know, how, like what cert do I need to get? What degree do I need to get? What, uh, who do I need to, to, um, uh, you know, study, like, like who, who's the best instructor, things of that nature, uh, networking, networking is, is, is paramount, right? Like it's, it's, it's like in the triad of experience and, uh, certification and education, like in the middle of that is network. Who is your network? Um, cause ultimately that's, who's going to find you the, the position you're looking for. And, uh, I, 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 the, you can never be overly prepared for the transition. So like get everything you can from the military or from the organization that you're with. If you're not a military person, listen to this, um, prior to whatever transition you're planning on doing, however, have a network of people you can lean on, uh, is what I learned very quickly. Like, I was like, oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to kill it when I get out there. I applied to 50 jobs, <laughs> five, zero during my transition when I was still getting paid by the military, but working towards, uh, the uh the the retirement and i went into panic mode because like all those big companies like you said those shiny things that i was like oh man I got, i'm gonna kill it i came out during the uh the layoff wave so they had jobs posted they weren't hiring <laughs> so uh, ultimately it came down to my network that helped me to slide in and, and find employment variables exist that we don't consider right because we don't know them and that's the thing is we don't know what we don't know and, and the reality is is there was hiring freezes on a lot of companies. There was layoffs that were happening across the, I mean, all of it. Right. And, and we, we can sit here and, and talk about why they're doing it. And with no real knowledge, we're not that company. Right. But more importantly, we, we feel as though our skill set will land us a job anywhere. And because I went to the right school and I went to the right, uh, I got the right uh, cert and I got the right qualifications for this job. Sounds good. It's, it, it could be, it, I'm not saying you can't do that, but if you don't have the network, it, it's going to be very difficult. There's ways to maneuver within the job search place. Some people get really lucky and, and apply once and get hired. And some people apply 50 times, 100 times, 200 times and never get a call back, right? Maybe maybe get one informational interview out of it. Maybe, maybe I mean, uh, not informational, but maybe a, a, a screen by the recruiter. And that, right. that turns into the last thing. But, you know, I got to tell you, it's difficult for me to... Um, sympathize, even empathize uh, with folks that struggled like that. I did not. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I did not struggle at all. I, I went to Brandon Ford when my wife said, or I, what I told my wife was, listen, I'm not getting a job until I, if I, when I retire officially and my money goes like this and I don't know what I'm getting paid, if my business isn't making money to, that makes up the difference, then I'll go get a job when my business starts to lose money. Well, I didn't start to make money, so I had to go get a job. It was my word, right? So I went out. I was. I said, I'm going to go to this place, Brandon Ford. I want to learn how to sell. Selling cars would be cool. I got on the phone. I made a phone call to Brandon Ford on my way to them. I said, hey, listen, is there anybody in there that's a manager that was in the military before? Yes, there is. And I talked to him. Got on the phone. We talked. 
hey, my name is, this is what I did, this is what I'm doing, this is where I'm at. I'd like to see if there's, there's an opportunity to work with you guys. He said, man, well, just come on in. Interestingly enough, I parked at that exact moment. So I said, I'll be in in two minutes. Walked in, I got the job. I filled out the application after the job. When I, when I was going to apply for the other job, I didn't have to apply for that job. When I sold the truck to the guy, he said, hey, listen, I got this opportunity. They called me, the recruiter called me, and I had, a, I had to make up a resume after I got the job so they could have it in their HR place, right? So I, don't, I didn't live that, that um, craziness. So I didn't go through that. So I, I, but because I hear so many stories about it, I know it exists. I don't think, I think I'm the anomaly, right? I don't believe that my experience is what everybody has experienced. I, I know that. So when I deal with people that are struggling, that's no matter what you are doing, I deal with you in the manner of that you're going to struggle. So how can I walk you through struggle? Because I mean, I'll, I'll show you what I did in order to get there. Not sure if it's going to work or not, but anyway, that's just the way I look at things in that nature. I'm not, I'm the anomaly, but because of the network I've created in this area, I, uh, I, I always can you know, call someone. I know a guy, right? I know a guy. I can't, I can't hire you. I'm not the hiring manager for that company, but if I can get you an opportunity to have a conversation, well, that's on you now. So. Right. Right. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, because I did see some people who did just applied once, other people applied several times. I know I know people who did who didn't find work for a, a long time. But yeah, uh, once I once I I finally again being bullheaded. Once I decided to lean on my network, things opened up a lot easier um, to me. So right, that's that's the the one thing during transition I'll have to really pick out like grow your network like uh, of of people you actually uh, want to talk to. <laughs> don't don't connect with everybody connect with people who you actually want to have a, a, a relationship with um to to begin that but so we so we talked about four black we we talked about what you what you currently do uh i would like to pivot into things that are non-work related right like so what 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 does jeff uh man with several irons in the fire what does he what does he do to relax like what what is your 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 hobby or what do you do to unwind uh, after your 80 hour day? <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you this, man. I, I told you I have four kids, a wife and a mother and a mother-in-law that live with me. So there is no such thing as relax. I'm always on, I'm always on hundred, right? I'm always ready. No, um, I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a sports advocate guy, right? I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm not an advocate, but sports uh, enthusiast. I'm a huge Bills fan. So that's not relaxing either. Every Buffalo game I watch, get, I, I think I should call the <laughs> hospital. Blood pressure through the yeah, roof. Put a blood pressure there. They're killing me, but. <laughs> But um, we we uh, when football is on, you know, I got the ticket, so kickoffs at one. I don't get up off my couch outside; it's outside, and I watch the TV until until uh, the the eight thirty game on Sunday's over, and and do it again on Monday night. I I like to watch football. I'm a big avid baseball fan. I'm a huge Yankee fan, but I like the game of baseball. But you know, all of that stuff is cool. The the thing I do the most to to relax is I I really. I got a second chance, if you will, um, in certain regards. I have two, I have two, I have four kids, but two sets, if you will. I have a, a 19 and a 17 year old, and then I have an eight and a five. So what I'm starting to realize, especially after, you know, some time of reading and, and reflecting uh, that a lot of the things that I didn't, I wasn't able to do with my older kids because I was in the military. I was ambitious. I was a workaholic. I had personal things in life going on. So I stayed in, in the, in the army ish, you know, that's like a little shield of protection. If I stay here, if I'm at work, then I can't be bothered by real life. So I'll just stay here. Right. So within that, my, my kids always knew who I was, that I was dad, I was going to be around, but I, I wasn't as intentional with them. And so now, you know, the good thing is that they're a little bit older, so we could communicate a little differently. But with my younger ones, the eight and five year old, I spent a lot of time doing things with them. Um, that I didn't get a chance to do and finding and finding complete love 
uh, with doing it. For instance, uh, I went on my first ever, like I'm, like I said, 19 years old, but I went on my first ever field trip with my child. I went on one on Friday, the following Friday, I went on another one. And it was an amazing time. My little five-year-old asked me, she said, all my, all the mommies of my class, they come in and read books. She's in kindergarten. So they said, all the mommies come in and read a book. Will you come and read a book? So I asked her teacher, her teacher said, yeah, come on tomorrow. So I brought her Spider-Man. She jumped on my lap. The kids got in a circle talking about Peter Parker and man, uh, that no matter how, I don't know if that's stressful or not. To, it's not to me. It's just so it's heartwarming. It's wonderful. I see my kids, I see their smiles, you know, and to me, when they're good, I'm relaxed. If they're upset about something, if they're hurt, if they do that things bring stress, but at the end of the day, being with my family, intentionally serving my, my, my wife and my family to the best of my ability as a father, uh, is kind of key. It's kind of inspired by people like you. Uh, people in which I know that have done right by their families, the people that I know when they talk about their families, they're so engaged with them and understanding of them. And and, and I appreciate those things. I mean, I, I'm not a, I would not say I'm a bad dad from before. I just wasn't as, as intentional, but I would say that uh, I got a second chance. And so now I'm, I'm loving it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm when I'm done here, it's, it's shower time. I got to get, get the girls in the shower, get them dressed for ready for bed. And then, uh, you know, put them to sleep, read them a book and then call it a day. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, that is, uh, I, th I think that that is key, right? If you have the, the ability or time to, to spend with them. So, cause I have now I have 18 year old, it's crazy. Like she, she turns 18, uh, then the month, uh, right. Where'd that time go? Um, but so, uh, 18 year old, a 15 year old and a soon to be nine year old. Uh, and yeah, like I, I went to a school for the, the teaching, so I got to interact, uh, and like you said, like uh, uh, some, it, it. I thought it was gonna be a smaller setting, <laughs> mm -hmm. but they want to invite the entire third grade to it. <laughs> so, but then once you start interacting with the kids, you're like, yeah, say, okay, now this is cool. Like talking to them about why cybersecurity is important and how to protect themselves in Roblox and stuff like that. But yeah, when I walked in that room; it was formidable. I was like. <laughs> Well, that's stressful, man. Listen, I, I, my, kid, my, my child goes to a small school. I did that great American teaching here in Tampa about five years straight. That, that, there's nothing, there's nothing peaceful about that. That's not relaxing me. That's, that's a man, stressful situation because they, they're coming in droves, man. No, but, it, yeah. but, it, but that's always been a fun day, but you're right. I mean, and you, and you know, what's really interesting, man. I love how inquisitive children are. I love, I mean, they, I get it, man. They're, they, they're kids. They'll be loud and they'll play around and they'll do, I, I get that. I, I mean, I don't want to be a teacher like full time. I'll do it oh, for yeah. a day. But at the end of the day, man, it's so awesome how inquisitive they are. And what you're doing, um, especially from the cybersecurity perspective, uh, it's amazing. We got to participate this year in the first uh, annual cyber challenge. It's 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 uh it's here. It was here at the inaugural one that's in Tampa. Our company sponsored it. Uh, Florida awesome. ran it. It was amazing. And what I loved, and you know, I, I get a little not. When you told me you were going to start this podcast and told me what the basis of the podcast was, I was like, awesome, you're breaking barriers of different things, STEM and, and cybersecurity, uh, people of color doing these things that you don't see represented nearly as much, right? Especially in the military from a time where we were at, I was a young guy, large population of white males, right? That are in that place. And as time went over, it, it, it's changed a little bit. I mean, it's not 50-50 it's not and it's not 50-50 women and 50-50 men, but there's, there's changes. Well, at the inaugural cyber uh, challenge, I was really pleased with, they were school, uh, K, uh, um, high schoolers from across Tampa, uh, quite a lot of them too, 
It wasn't 50-50. But if we were to take the, the, the diversity in that room, I was super pleased to see where we were today, vice where we were when I came in the Army 20 plus years ago, right? And then more importantly, the people that are around the room, the people that are out there, you know, teaching and coaching. Right. That needs to change a little bit more because there's a lot of guys that look like me. There was a couple women. But man, I'll tell you what, because of people like you, because of what's going on, there's just a lot more folks for representation in a place in which needs it. Because the, whether it's because it's good money and good jobs, or it's just a way of the future, because really, in all actuality, all the stuff that we're doing, we're, we're on a computer right now, man. I mean, this this wasn't real in 1995, right? We weren't able to do yeah. Skype, but that didn't exist. So we've, we've evolved. We're moving forward. Every day is something new coming. And with new comes challenges uh, and, and vulnerabilities. And I love listening to your show because you talk about the most recent, most latest, greatest, and all those things matter. For you that are living at home, it's not even about the DOD or the federal government. It's about your your own personal security on your own home stuff. So, I mean, it's just what you're doing is phenomenal. And I love the fact that you're in it. And I, and I love the fact that people are changing. Um, it's not it's not a one-stop shop for white men anymore. I mean, and, and, you know, I'm a white man and it's okay. I'm not talking bad about it. But the reality is we're opening up doors. You're breaking, you know, ceilings and, and people are coming in. And I love it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, you know, like you said, it, it is uh, definitely becoming more diverse. And it's just bringing in that diversity of thought and culture and other things, right? Because yeah. if you have, like, uh, when I went to uh, an event, uh, probably November, um, there was uh, talk about just how uh, bias of AI, right? Because you have a room of people who all look the same and they think the same. So then when it starts to interact with people who don't look or act like that, it you know, it bad things tend to happen. Uh, it's just you just don't have the right people in the room, right? You don't have the the diversity, the culture, the things like that stuff. To, that's to ask a really that's an interesting point, Ryan. You know, I got to tell you, I've had a lot of conversations about AI over the course of the past year, uh, just with different things coming out. I mean, obviously, there's been AI around for quite a while now, but like ChatGPT was coming out, and all these different chatbots and all these things started coming out. And a lot of people ask those questions of what is the dangers here, what is the goodness here, how what are you going to get? I I, I got to tell you. It's interesting to consider what you just said. I hadn't. And, and that's that's an interesting thing. If you have like-minded people, like cultured people, like this, and that's who's feel, filling the stuff, then right. what comes out when you're not with that like-minded or like culture, it's completely opposite. So that, that is an interesting perspective. I did not think about that. I'm going to bring that up to Justin. Justin's, as a matter of fact, I'm going to... Hopefully, I, I'm going to bring it up to him before he listens to this because I'm going to act like I'm like I'm the guy who created this conversation. It's going to be my original thought. No, that's yeah, that's good. Right. That's that's definitely not my original thought either. But <laughs> it just seems to be the what what we're we're trying to get AI to be more ethical, more uh, more uh, nuanced, right? And and to do that, you have to like it has to have inputs from people of different cultures and and, and mindsets. Because yeah, that's a it's it's doing some weird stuff. Yeah, yeah no <laughs> doubt. So, but no. So uh, again, uh, thank you. Right, thank you for being on the show. I, 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 it shouldn't have took this long. So like my first guest was Chelsea Pierre and that was the person you told me to have on the show. <laughs> so and you gave me, Chelsea, you gave me Justin, like you, you've pointed a lot of people in my direction. Um, Chelsea's a, I don't know if you've seen what she's doing, man. She's, she just got contracts for the PXs and across, man. She's killing it. Man. Okay. Chelsea is, I mean, reach back out to her, but she's phenomenal. Um, another woman of color who's doing some great stuff in the IT space, but man, again, when I talk about people, uh, Ryan, that are doing, like, I, 
I don't advocate for everybody. And I don't say, Hey, you need to talk to this person or the, like, I listen to people and I, and I, I understand where they want to be. And I understand what they want to do based on what they're telling me, but not just what they're telling me, but their actions I've taken to do it. You are a person that says something and does it. Chelsea is a person that says something and no matter how crazy it sounds, she's doing it. I mean, and she does it. And, and, and I believe in her like that. I believe in you like that. So that's why I was a, a marriage, if you will, of you need to have this conversation um, because the value that you would provide to each other in the space that you're in. And, oh, by the way, the value you would provide external to you, the impact you could both right. have across uh, this platform uh, is significant. So that's great. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. Yeah. And again, uh, thank you for uh, yeah, all your mentorship and leadership and all that, all that good stuff, right? Like can't, cannot speak highly enough of you. Um, and it, it's cool to have you finally on the show, hopefully get you back again. Right. Uh, especially like you talked about the, uh, the, the book and the series and things of that nature. So I definitely want to get you on for that. Right. Before you, uh, before you get too big, right. Before I have to contact your people <laughs> to get you Bro, back on the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'll never be too big. Even if, it, I mean, it's just not my, it's not my, I don't like all that stuff. But gotcha, hey, listen, gotcha. let me tell you, I know you want to wrap up. It's time. Uh, I've been yapping for a long time, but I just want to say these things. Right. So first of all, thank you for having me. I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate you having me. I, I, whether I was the first guest or the seven millionth guest, it's cool. I, I appreciate you bringing me on to have this conversation. I appreciate what you're doing. I watch you and I've, I've watched you while you're in. I watched you when you're overseas. I watched you when you come back. I watch you as you've gone through the transition and where you're at. I'm watching you because you're inspiring, right? So can keep doing that stuff. Because again, look, man, you never know who's looking. <clears throat> and I'll tell you the things that you're doing, people, it's impacting the lives of the people that are listening to you. So continue to do it because, well, you're, you're not a you're, you're a very smart guy. I was about to say you're not a dumb guy, but you know that you're very smart. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I'm gonna clip all that out. That's gonna be. I'm <laughs> gonna <laughs> keep that on the on the reel. You know, you have a demo reel. Like, hey, yeah, 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 the yeah, testimony. Really. Testimony, right? <laughs> well, the last thing I want to say before I go is this, man. I, look, I like to be helpful, and for your listeners out there, if you if you're talking transition stuff, I, I'm gonna tell you a couple things. Go on LinkedIn. Look between Sean Welch, Lori Norris, Herb Thompson, Michael Quinn. Uh, me on occasion, and not nearly as much as I used to do. Uh, there's just so many folks out there doing transition stuff. Follow them, watch them. They're, they're, they're trying to give you the keys to the castle. They're, they're providing you good information. Take it, leave it. It's all right, but it's there. So anyhow, go on there. If you need me, I'm on LinkedIn. My last name is Lodick, L-O-D-I-C-K, Jeffrey, one each. I'm the, I'm the guy. So connect with me on LinkedIn. If you want to have a conversation, I'm down to have a conversation. Whatever I can do to provide some insight, and it's going to be my opinion. Nothing I will tell you is going to be set in stone that you have to do it, but I definitely want to uh, be helpful. So Ryan, thank you for having me, man. I, I, I'm going to keep being a fan. I'll watch you on Sundays. Like I watch the bills once, once the season's over, which hopefully isn't anytime soon, but, um, but man, thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing. No, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you again. Like, no, like in all seriousness, like, yeah, it's, it's awesome to have you as a, uh, as a friend and a mentor and definitely the, the show is possible because of, of you and your, your mentorship. Uh, for all those who are listening, please continue to tune in. So Monday, Tuesday, our topics, Wednesday discussion. So definitely tune in throughout this week. I'm going to try to get this up in the same week. Can't guarantee that. <laughs> that's always, that's always the, uh, the, the intention, but um, definitely tune in throughout the rest of this month because uh, I have a couple more interviews uh, lined up. 2024 seems to be coming in pretty hot and heavy. So uh, definitely continue to check us out. Fridays are everything else. So movies, books, games, all that non-cyber uh, security related stuff. 
Um, and then hit us up by the websites that go by our name. Give me a personally. I'm at RyRy Security Guy. That's R-Y-R-Y Security Guy. You can find me on LinkedIn, Clubhouse, Twitter, and Threads. Stay safe. Stay secure. Thank you.